It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. And on today's show, we're going to talk about the 2020 21 season. We're also going to give a bubble update. And talk, of course, about Kyrie Irving. This week on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, you can hear part one of my conversation with Brady Trantham as we wrap up the Thunder Book of Basketball series with the Brody era. But first, I want to talk about the 2020-2021 season. And I know what you're thinking. We haven't even put a bow on the 2019-20 season. And you're correct. But we're slightly getting some information about what next season could look like. The NBA season next year could be a condensed season, and that can mean a lot of things. It can mean that we stay at 82 games, but implement more back-to-backs, three games in four nights, four games in five nights, uh, or it could mean that we shorten the the schedule length entirely, like a lockout year where you lose games from that 82 number. And this, of course, is according to the Hawks GM who put this out there, and there was other reports about this as well. And I want to dive into this a little bit. What would be the best course of action for the NBA? A lot of it is contingent upon the second wave or if there's going to be a second wave of the coronavirus. And all of that aside, just in in a general basketball and sports sense, what would make the most sense for the NBA? It's clear they're going to start this year in September. I've said it, excuse me, in December. I've said it all along. They're not going to miss that Christmas Day date. They threw out December 1st. That's a bit too early. The players will not agree to that. I'm thinking December 15th, something like that. Get you started, and then you're going to have that huge day on Christmas like always. The question now becomes, will they play 82 games? And like I said, the players are pushing back on that December 1st date. I think that the players are going to push back on the back-to-backs. I mean, they've worked so hard. The NBA PA has worked so hard 
to eliminate back-to-backs, to get more travel days, to get more off days in general, I don't see them taking a step backwards even for just one year because that, that turns into a slippery slope, slope argument. If you do more back-to-backs, if you give in and take away your off days and it goes well and we realize that, hey, this can work, will owners want to do that even more? And I get it. It would, be a, it would be a compromise in theory for one season, but I understand the player's standpoint of, hey, we don't even want to, we don't even want to start that avenue again. We don't want to go back to, to the way it was. So I, I wonder if 82 games is out. 82 games can still be in play, though, without cutting out games if they agree to change their, their schedule entirely in, in the sense of, let's not try to end in June. Let's not shoot for the NBA Finals to be back in June. Let's go ahead and have the finals in August. Let's just revamp our entire our entire system here. Start every year in December, end every year in August. You get in and out before football season, and there you go. You're only competing with football for, for two months, you know, December, January, and then the first weekend of February, I guess, for the Super Bowl. And then you're you're good. You're in the free and clear the rest of the year. You're only battling baseball. So let's talk about that. Baseball. You know, right now, baseball should be playing, frankly. They should be in spring training right now. They should be getting ready to go. But the players and the owners in baseball cannot come to terms on anything. They can't come to terms on the number of games they want to play. They can't come to terms on the salary. They can't come to terms on anything. And it's creating a big divide within the community of baseball. There are people who are turning their backs on baseball like they did the last time the sport went on strike. There are people who are diehard baseball fans saying, hey, you know what, I'm done. This this right here, in the midst of a global pandemic, an owner and players arguing about salary, that's it. Well, I've been furloughed, well, I've been fired, I don't want to hear you two bicker about money between a millionaire and a billionaire. And I get that. But it's created such divide that it feels as if the sport is on, is on thin ice of absolutely crumbling. And I don't mean that we're not going to have baseball in general, but it's in that danger zone of becoming more like hockey than the NBA. It's where it has a it's, it's small subsection of, hu- of, of humongous fans, and then maybe some of us will tune in for the Stanley Cup, and then that's it. I can't name five hockey players. I can name Crosby, Ovechkin. That's that's the list. That's genuinely the list. But I'll still watch the Stanley Cup. I won't watch anything else, but I'll watch the Stanley Cup if it's on. And that's what baseball could fall into. And that's important for basketball because if you want to keep that 82-game season and you want to keep the off days that the players have fought so hard for, just go for it. Expand their schedule and end, instead of ending in June, end in August. I promise you, basketball will win every single ratings battle with baseball. I promise you. They already do. Baseball's still playing in June. And I promise you, if it's regular season against regular season baseball, Regular season for both sports, basketball still wins out. Ten times out of ten. 
So I think that this is a golden opportunity for basketball to change the way they handle their sport. Don't even conflict with, with, with football. You know, because casual NBA fans think that the sport starts in December. That's always the joke on Christmas Day on, on Twitter. It's finally the NBA season, even though the NBA has been in session since October in the heat of football season. So move that portion down to December as football, yes, is ramping up for the postseason, but more teams are out of it as you move into the postseason. So that means more markets are going to need something to pay attention to. And you've only gotten, you're only going to compete with them for a couple of weeks rather than a couple of months. It's a big trade-off if you're basketball. And you're going to mop the floor with baseball. And I can get why the players might not want to do that because they do enjoy having their summer off. But I think that it could help grow the sport of basketball. And the big kicker in all of this from a, from a media standpoint and a business standpoint, if you're the NBA, is people are still still worried about the TV market. People aren't watching TV as much in the summertime. In the summertime, people are out doing things. They're out on the beach. They're out doing whatever. And they're also together more. So you don't get... So we're, let's say that if you go to a huge sports bar in the summertime, sure, you're still watching the game. The, the place is packed. But they've only got those number of TVs that are in the bar. They don't have every single one of you sitting at your own house like you're more likely to do in the winter and all of you turning on individual TVs. So the more people get together, the more people get, go out and do things that aren't related to sports and they're not stuck inside in the wintertime, that hurts your TV market. So, so the league is scared a little bit still to push into the summertime too much because you still begin to run into that problem of, hey, people are out doing anything but watching sports, but sitting inside and watching sports. So I, I think that that notion, though, is, is, is quietly and rather quickly going away. People are starting to realize that's kind of a, an outdated way to look at things. If you want to watch basketball, you can do anything and watch basketball. You can be at the beach. You can be at your friend's house that doesn't even like basketball. You can watch it on your phone, tablet, computer. You can watch basketball anywhere. As long as you have a cell phone signal, you can watch basketball. It doesn't matter if it's the winter or the summer. That's been a big hiccup in this and changing this format. And you can read reports about this all you want to. And it's why whenever the Hawks GM brought this up way before the global pandemic, he was shut down. He brought this up in like January. That, that he would love to do this for basketball and change the schedule. And that was one of the reasons cited. I think that that's going to be, you know, kind of on the back burner as we move forward. And then one other thing about this next season is that the NBA PA does not expect there to be fans at games. And I think that that's right. I mean, I, I don't see, especially if there's a second wave of this coronavirus, I don't see how you can fill your stadium for a sport in basketball that's inside, completely and totally inside. I don't see how you can fill your stadium and still follow the guidelines and make sure everyone's safe. Because again, it's inside. Outside it has been proven scientifically to be less of a spreader than inside. So those, those are some quick updates on the 2020-2021 season. I would love if basketball would announce that, hey, we're going to just move our schedule. We're going to start in December, 
every year. We're going to end in August every year. It also creates uh, more attention because, again, what are you paying attention to from June to September? Training camp for football? You're waiting for the Sooners to, to report in August? Trying to get updates from Lincoln Riley on the quarterback battle in Oklahoma? That's a big open area. And I know baseball plays, but baseball is so regionalized, basketball can quickly and right away take that from them. I promise you they would. I think it'd be good for the sport if they move the, if they move the schedule. And given the fact that there's going to be no fans, we don't think, next year either, I can see the owners signing off on this because the players are not going to do back-to-backs. They're not going to do three games in four nights, four games in five nights. They're not going to do any of that. And I don't blame them for not doing any of that, by the way. The owners are going to want to put as many games on TV as possible, I think. And so this is the best way to do it. So we could see basketball being played in August next year. And that would be pretty fun. After the break, we're going to give a huge update on the NBA in Orlando, the bubble, what all has been coming out throughout the weekend. And that'll be after the break on the Locked On Thunder podcast. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The NBA is going to Orlando for a bubble to, of course, complete the 2019-20 season. And we've gotten some key information from all of this and some speculation and some skepticism from all of this this to talk about right now. It starts with the MLS. And, of course, Major League Soccer is going to hold a tournament at the Disney Complex, the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, which, of course, hosts uh, this exact NBA thing and also now the soccer tournament in early July. And so that's going to be interesting to follow for the NBA. That can kind of be like your lab rat, your, your test subject. How does their bubble work? How did it perform? You know, if, if it, the MLS gets there and all of a sudden coronavirus is running rampant through the league, does that put the NBA on pause? Does that put the NBA uh, on edge about going to Disney World just, just a few weeks later? And I'm not sure when that MLS tournament starts. I know that the NBA reports on July 9th. You know, starting on July 9th, they're going to stagger teams in on report dates starting on July 9th. I'm not sure when MLS is going to start. Uh, but... That tournament's going to be a big deal. And again, it's all outside, so that helps not spread things as much. It's a little bit more safer outside, but eventually they've got to go to a hotel room. They've got to sleep for this 22-team tournament. So that'll be something to follow if you're an NBA fan. How does that league handle their bubble? How does that league perform uh, once they're there in the, in the sense of the testing 
and reports like that. So that's something to monitor as we move forward here. Uh, but Dr. Fauci, who's been all over the Corona coverage, I mean, he's been the guy, he's been the voice in America about what's happening in the world and with this pandemic. And he signed off on the NBA's plan. He says it looks good. It's, it's a safe plan. It's a good plan. He, he put his stamp of approval on it, which is a big deal for the NBA to take to their players and say, look, we've done all we can. This is as safe as it's going to get. If you still want to play, then let's move forward. The NBA is allowing testing players every other day right now before the Orlando period. Of course, once they get to Orlando, they'll be tested every single day. But right now, starting today, teams can test their players every other day for coronavirus. The, the test will be less invasive than what you might go get right now at your doctor's office because you're going to do it so often in the NBA. They've got to find a way to make it less invasive, and they have. Uh, but starting now, players will be tes tested every other day. Once they get to Orlando, it'll be every single day. Players can opt out of going to the bubble without punishment. So I think that this is a smart move from basketball. You can't make these players go into the bubble because at the end of the day, it should be an individual decision. It should be a case-by-case -case basis. Do you personally feel comfortable with what you're going to put at risk? You're going to put coronavirus at risk, which could put your family at risk. You're also going to put your career at risk. If you, if you go there, ramp up your body in eight games for the playoffs, and then suffer a career-ending injury or career-altering injury, so I think that it should be a player-by-player a -player basis of do you want to come or not. So I like that the NBA and the NBA PA have agreed to a player opt-out. And then the NBA also moved up the date for the, for the first game. Instead of July 31st, it'll be July 30th. So one day sooner, we're going to get the NBA. But the big news here for the Thunder is that two-way deals will be allowed inside the bubble. Two-way deals will be a part of the roster. And of course, that's a big deal for the Thunder because of Lou Dort. And I still expect Lou Dort to be converted to a full contract. I just do. I don't see the Thunder going to Orlando without Lou Dort signed in the hopes of what? I mean, what would be the point of that? Would it be to sign Jamal Crawford? Would it be to sign uh, a free agent, J.R. Smith? I think that you just go ahead and convert Lou Dort. The question becomes, do you fill that two-way contract spot? And if you want to get crazy, you can talk about Leangelo Ball, who the Thunder have been practicing with, uh, the OKC Blue, I should say, have been practicing with since December. They signed him to a G League contract literally days before the pandemic happened. He was set to make his debut with the Blue in Oklahoma City days after the suspension happened. Do you go ahead and bring him in on a two-way contract uh, in the middle of the season and eight games before the postseason? Obviously not. But technically speaking, he is a name out there that they could convert to a two-way deal because he has been on a G League contract this year, literally under the wire uh, to, to get that deal right before this suspension happened. If I had to guess, hypothetically, if they did convert Lou Dort and then if they did want to replace his two-way contract, I'd probably go Devon Hall. I mean, he's been a guy that the Thunder have really liked for a long time and just hasn't really stuck. Maybe Scotty Hobson, which, which sounds crazy, but it seems like every year Sam Presti brings back Scotty Hobson to the Blue, and he plays every year with the Blue before going overseas. 
And then he comes right back for training camp and right back for the start of the blue season. But honestly, I, I don't see the, the Thunder filling that two-way contract spot. And I don't see the Thunder leaving Lou Dort on that two-way deal and signing a free agent. I think that they're going to convert Lou Dort and that will end their transaction window. And the question becomes then, what does Lou Dort's contract look like? It's absolutely going to be multiple years. But how, how much money and how many years is a big question mark. It's a big question mark. And then there's been some, some questions asked to me, and, and I've seen it all around Twitter. Uh, but is there somehow animosity between the Oklahoma City Thunder and Lou Dort? I don't think so. You know, but but I'm, again, I'm, I'm 10,000 feet out from the situation. I don't, I don't think that there's any animosity. And even if there was, the Thunder are not at risk of losing Lou Dort. Even if they do not convert him to this deal, deal this year, he is a restricted free agent, which means he cannot sign anywhere else, uh, you know, and automatically leave. So he can sign somewhere if, if the Kings offered him a five-year deal worth $10 million, but the Thunder can instantly match that contract if they want to and then bring him right back to Oklahoma City, even though technically he signed with the Kings. So I, I don't think that any bad blood between Dort and the Thunder exists. I think that Dort has a little bit more leverage now in, in, in negotiations, uh, but now that two-way deals are allowed inside the bubble and they can play in the postseason, maybe he loses a step in that leveraged argument because they don't need to convert him anymore like we once thought that they did. But still, I think that at the end of the day, the contract gets signed. It sucks for Sam Presti that this you know idea blew up on him to kind of play with and finagle the numbers and, and mess with the two-way days because again you get 35 days in the NBA he was stretching out that two-way contract for as long as he could before ultimately going to sign him anyway Lou Dort but who could have predicted a global pandemic and a shutdown of the NBA so I'm not going to fault Sam Presti too much for that young players have spoken out about this bubble idea and they've had some some reservations about returning to play because of injury concerns and I totally get that the players that have been cited have been Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, et cetera, et cetera. Young guys like that who have not yet cashed in and are risking great injury in this bubble concept. And I know these players still make a ton of money on their rookie deal, but they haven't gotten that huge second contract yet. And let's just take Donovan Mitchell, for example. Mitchell plays a game based on athleticism. Many of us expect Utah to go to the bubble and play 12 games you know, maybe 13 or 14 games if, if they can push that series. But I expect them to be done in the first round, quickly in the first round, the Utah Jazz. So for Donovan Mitchell, you play a game that's based almost solely on athleticism. You're a very bouncy player, which is susceptible to foot injuries, which he's had in the past, knee injuries. And you've had a longer layoff now, which we talked about last week, You've had over 400 days off by the time we play basketball games, which is longer than last offseason, the offseason before that, and the offseason before that. You've had a longer layoff this year, you know, in the middle of this year, than you've ever had in your NBA career. You've had longer than an offseason in general, and the NBA is expecting you to use these eight games, use this training camp period to not only ramp up, but to be ready for postseason basketball. That's a tough task. And it could result, hopefully it does result, in everyone being healthy. But it could also result 
and a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. And for players who have not yet gotten their huge max contract, this has to be a scary time, frankly. You work so hard to get to the NBA, and then you work so hard to get that second contract, and it can be taken away because of a global pandemic, because of a because of a bubble, you know, a, a bubble uh, idea to res- resume the season in Disney World with, in front of no fans. It can be taken away like that. And I know injuries can happen anytime, but this is different. This seems like a mixture that, that's just waiting for injuries to happen rather than injuries happening through the course of a normal season. So I get the young players being hesitant about this. And they want an insurance policy in place prior to the bubble starting. They want the NBA to say, hey, look, we're going to cover you no matter what happens. If you get hurt and you're never the same player again, you're going to have insurance. And they should fight for that. And honestly, they should get that. Hopefully, they won't need to use it. Hopefully, they'll be fine. Hopefully, you you go in, you play your eight games, you play your 12 games, you play your whatever amount of games you need to play, and that's it. That's it. Bottom line, it's over. But I understand the concern and the worry. You look at Brandon Ingram, who's had a phenomenal season this year, a, a great bounce back from what he was in L.A. He's done that with New Orleans. He's a restricted free agent this year. And I would expect the team to throw a max contract at him and force the, the Pelicans to match it. And you can even look at the Thunder maybe doing that. Now, I doubt it, but they could. I might do that if I'm Sam Presti. Force the Pelicans to match it. And if they don't match it, you've just paired Brandon Ingram with Shea. Now, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves there, but that's what's on the line for Brandon Ingram for eight games. He's not even he's not even assured the playoffs. So I understand why players like that uh, might be concerned about their future earning powers. I would be if I was in their shoes. Absolutely. After the break, we're going to give even more updates about this bubble concept. But I want to give a quick shout out to Russell Westbrook, who's funding a documentary to teach people about the Tulsa massacre and Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that's just awesome. And Russell Westbrook has been a true Oklahoman, and he deserves, and he is in the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, deservedly so. And it's a shame, you know, when when, when Black Wall Street got, got really popular on Twitter this week, that you had so many Oklahomans saying they were never taught this in school, they were never, they never learned this in school. And it's such a big part of Oklahoma history, much less American history. And the fact that in Oklahoma, until 2020, it was not a part of the curriculum, is just devastating. It's it's sickening almost. And I was lucky enough to have a history teacher who taught me about Black Wall Street after class, you know, asking questions about uh, things like that. And she taught to me after class was over because it was not a part of the curriculum that we needed to know. So, so many people, even in Oklahoma, don't know about Black Wall Street. So him funding this documentary, uh, and I believe LeBron is going to produce it, is just awesome to see. And it's awesome that he's still... Uh, looks for a ways, and I know this helps more than just Oklahoma, uh, but again, it's a story from Tulsa, Oklahoma, that's not even being taught in Tulsa. So many stories about people in Oklahoma that did not learn this, uh, and it's it's a very um, it's a very important story that I, I think that all of you should look up ahead of this documentary, and of course, watch the documentary. 
But credit to him. Shout out to Russell Westbrook as, as if he needs one on a Thunder podcast. He's always going to get one uh, here in Oklahoma City. But this was this was a, a great moment to, to see that come out last week. And the Lockdown Podcast Network does stand against racism and social injustice. And that's why we as the hosts, we're going to make a personal donation to local and national organizations fighting for change. And in the month of June, Lockdown is going to match our donations as hosts to up to an additional $10,000. So whatever donations we make, Lockdown as a company will match it up to $10,000. So please help us fight against racism and social injustice at LockdownPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter if you want to make a donation on your own. Again, if you want to make a donation on your own, LockdownPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. This is an important subject. And again, I am proud of our network for stepping up and matching all of our donations uh, up to $10,000 and helping lead the way and helping make change. We had a great round table on this podcast feed and every locked on podcast feed um, about social injustice and about racism. And it was well worth your time to listen to that. It was a fantastic round table. And I was again, just proud of David Locke and proud of everyone on that round table for making that podcast and just making that statement and also really being leaders and teachers about this whole thing. So again, please consider donating to any of these organizations. Again, you can find them lockdownpodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at Blinkist. Let me tell you about our good friends over at Blinkist, one of the most useful apps on my phone. Blinkist is very unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best and key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and allows you to listen to them or read them in just 15 minutes. I throw Blinkist on while I'm getting some work done at my desk and I want to know some new information. While Blinkist has an unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all for one low price, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience, and you can go to Blinkist.com slash NBA to try it for free for the first seven days and then save 25% off your subscription. They have fantastic books, again, all at one low price. You can go on there and consume an entire nonfiction book, which can make you smarter and help you in your life for just 15 minutes. That is awesome. By Blinkist.com slash NBA to try it for free. Save 25% off of your subscription fee after that. Again, that's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash NBA to try your first seven days free and save 25% off your subscription. Again, promo code NBA at Blinkist.com. I also want to say about our good friends over at rockauto.com with the increasing numbers of makes and models. It is impossible to have all the parts your car will need in stock at your traditional chain store. It's just impossible. You will endure pointless conversations, intimidating questions, and you will be upcharged at your auto parts store if you go there looking for the parts your car needs to maintain your car. Because maintaining your car is very important. It can save you money, but so can Rock Auto. Rock Auto can save you 30, 50, or even 100% off the same exact parts that you're willing to pay for at an auto parts store or a dealership. For 20 years, Rock Auto has been a a family-owned business selling you car parts on the internet. Again, 20 years ago, you guys were still on dial-up and they were offering you windshield wipers and whatever else you could need for your car. RockAuto.com right now for an amazing selection of car parts and and everything you need for your car for reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com to show you how little much I know about cars. I just offered up 
windshield wipers is the most important thing for your car. But Rock Auto has me covered. That way I don't have to embarrass myself in front of the guy behind the counter at the auto parts store chain store. So again, all the parts your car will ever need, go to rockauto.com for an amazing selection and reliably low prices. So two quick notes before we get into the Kyrie Irving fiasco that was this weekend. Disney staffers can come and go as they please as long as they wear masks and gloves and, and stay six feet apart from their NBA, you know, NBA players. So that's not really a bubble. You know, I, I'm not sure the right solution to this. And I know that there's a lot of moving parts in all of this. But I kind of thought that literally everyone would be stuck inside of a bubble to make this work. And with the COVID spikes around the world right now, and even in Florida, I'm not confident that this will work. And that's what Michelle Roberts has said uh, as a part of the NBA PA that, hey, look, a player is going to test positive, and We've got to be ready for that. And we've got to understand that just because a player tests positive does not mean that our league stops. So you can look at this one of two ways. You can be skeptical. Again, this is glass half full or empty like a lot of things are in life. Or you can look at it and say, hey, look, unless we're going to sit in our house and do nothing, you're always going to be at risk for COVID. And players are not only going to the necessary things like grocery stores. You see Darius Baisley playing in something called the Skins League, the rec league in Oklahoma City in front of a packed house. Playing full contact basketball. Shea Gildas Alexander playing, and I'm not sure who the people were he was playing with. There's only like three or four guys, so he could very well be related to them or living with them or whatever the case may be. I couldn't get a good look at who they were, obviously. But he's playing full contact basketball in an open gym. No one else was there, luckily. But still, he's out in public doing things, and that's not casting any judgment on either player. But players are ready to go back to basketball. They're ready to play basketball. They're already doing things as states reopen and things kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy. So what's the harm you could say in having Disney staff members not living in this bubble? So that's just a note. But again, Dr. Fauci did sign off on this plan and he's, he knows way more about this than I do. So let's just side with him for now as, as we look forward to the Disney world restart. I've also mentioned the scheduling and we talked about preseason. We knew there'd be some sort of preseason. We didn't know if it would be against other teams, but we found out this weekend that it would be three inner squad scrimmages for each team. And to put that into perspective, if you need it, the the Thunder play the blue and white game before every single every single preseason anyway, which is just normally a charity event where they're just separating the two teams and going through the motions. Obviously, these three inner squad games will be much more intense than that. It won't be game-like, but it will be more intense than, than the normal blue and white game. I'm not sure if they're going to live stream these. I'll tell you right now, I would watch it if they did live stream them, uh, but that's to be determined. But to put that to bed, preseason will not be like the Thunder against the Jazz. It'll be against, you know, just each other as they try to get back into game shape and move forward with this season. So now we're going to get into the biggest topic around the NBA, and that is Kyrie Irving. And we can do more on this tomorrow because we are running up against the end of the show right now. Uh, But... Kyrie Irving this this weekend faced a ton of backlash for his comments made. And I understand why I've done it myself. So I'm not sinless here by any means. I think Kyrie Irving is a smart guy. I, I think he genuinely is smart. I think that he, he struggles with how to articulate what he means. Because you can go find those quotes from this weekend that really that really don't make sense. 
And that's why he's getting backlash because on the surface, you do not understand the point he's trying to make. Saying things like something smells fishy, they're trying to divide us by paying us more as, as, as good players like Kyrie compared to, say, a Lou Dort who's on a two-way deal. They're dividing us because they're, they're paying us differently. That's a way to divide you. Or even just Kyrie getting paid and, and the common man not getting paid. I'm not sure what he meant by that. All those points were taken and ran with, even, even by everyone on NBA Twitter this weekend. And on one hand, you can't blame anyone because, hey, look, we, we're not only starving for content, but Kyrie Irving is the easiest punching bag in the NBA outside of Kevin Durant, and they just so happen to be on the same team. But let's just take his message for what it truly was. This is what he meant, and it's been confirmed, that he was saying he doesn't feel comfortable going back into the world and creating a distraction with what's happening outside of the NBA right now. He doesn't feel comfortable giving people that out to stop talking about the, the Black Lives Matter movement and everything happening in the world right now. Because if you turn on ESPN, if you turn on any sports podcast or any sports anything, they're mentioning Black Lives Matter, they're mentioning social injustice, and if there's a game on, we will all be guilty of, wow, did you see Chris Paul last night? Did you see Shea last night? And that's what he's afraid of. And I am not in the position, and no one is at all, to tell someone how to feel about this, to tell someone how they should react to this, and to tell someone that they're wrong. But other players have taken the other position. And again, this is where I'm in no position, you're in no position, to tell these players what to feel. LeBron James has said, look, we can make change while playing basketball. We have a huge platform in Disney World. Yes, it'll be a distraction. It'll be the only distraction. And we can bring it back and circle it back to the cause. We've done it before. Eric Gardner. The, one of the iconic moments from that was every NBA player wearing the I Can't Breathe shirts, LeBron James included. Donald Sterling. And I know that he said stupid things on on an audio tape, which is what really sparked that, but he was a known oppressor of the minority community. So, so the player standing up against him was a huge deal. Even players who were not on his team standing up against him was a huge deal. So the NBA has had a huge track record. We can go down way more than that, but for time's sake, they have a huge track record of not only creating a distraction for everyone and an escape for everyone, but sparking change and sparking conversation and and keeping the conversation alive from what really matters. And not just talking about Chris Paul's layup. Not just talking about LeBron's slam dunk. They have that platform, which is what LeBron, LeBron is saying, and so is Austin Rivers. And then Malcolm Brogdon is saying that he's talked to people who are, you know, other players who are saying, look, let's play because we can speak out against injustices. It's not going to be fixed overnight, and we can earn money. We can earn more money playing than we'll ever have the chance to make in our entire life. For the rest of our lives, we can make that money right now, which helps make change. Speaking is great. Money helps a ton. And that's what Malcolm Brogdon said. He's, he's talking to people around the NBA who feel that way. So a ton of people have different opinions on this, and none of us can tell them that they're right or wrong. We can say who we agree with, but that does not make them right and does not make the other party wrong. I think that there's a huge opportunity here, like LeBron is saying, 
to keep that conversation alive in Disney World, to put your message out there in front of a huge audience watching the NBA. People who might not otherwise watch the NBA, but hey, look, baseball's, you know, we're souring on baseball as a sport and they might not even be back and I'm going to tune into basketball. People who might not even be sports fans, but are just looking for something to do in a global pandemic and with what's going on in the news cycle, they're looking for something to do and they're going to watch basketball and you can get your message across. But I don't fault Kyrie Irving for his intended message. And again, his quotes were silly and the, the out of context quotes we got should and did lead to um, memes and, and being ridiculed for Kyrie. But let's just talk about his actual message, which was he fears that if they go to the bubble, it takes away from the cause. I can't fault him for feeling that. I do side with LeBron in the sense of I think that LeBron's right also where if you do play, and so is Austin Rivers and Malcolm Brogdon, if you do play, that does not mean that you are purposely taking away from the cause if you're LeBron. It just means that you are you have another vehicle to co- to create change and to create that conversation that you're intending to create. And we're up against the break here. We're up against the, the show ending. So we'll spend tomorrow talking about what happens from a sports standpoint and a financial standpoint, what happens if the teams can't come together and play, the two sides can't come together and play, and my prediction for if we will see basketball this year. Um, given what's going on in the world. And still, we're in the midst of a global pandemic, although in Oklahoma, it doesn't feel that way because we've moved into phase three already uh, with our government. We've opened up the state almost entirely. But we're still in the midst of a global pandemic with everything going on right now. So we'll talk about tomorrow what happens if they don't play and whatever breaking news comes out between now and then. This has been a fantastic episode, I think, of Locked on Thunder. Go check out Rejecting the Screen on the Locked on Podcast Network. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on the Locked on Thunder Podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.